Coming up on Studios America, Andrew Wilkow swings through to talk about the California recall election and 9-11. Biden's federal justice department prepares to insert itself into Texas state business and new COVID and vaccine restrictions are in from the White House. So let's see how much of our freedom they want to take away as we do Biden's new COVID plan. Stu does America. Welcome to America. We are doing a hell of a job transitioning from the summer of freedom to the fall of freedom. <laughs> wow, what a, what a day, what a day. A lot going on as we uh, are only a couple days away from the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We have American troops uh, trying to figure out how they can get people who worked with them throughout the entire Afghanistan war out of Afghanistan, American citizens, American green card holders, permanent residents still in Afghanistan. I know a lot of you out there are helping get them out uh, through the Nazarene Fund and Mercury One. We do help, uh, do appreciate the help there. Uh, it's made a real difference and hopefully we're close. We'll give you updates as we get them. But today the big news was from Joe Biden who stumbled out of a slumber and decided to make a presentation about a brand new plan for COVID. Now, that's weird because he declared our independence from the virus on July 4th. He told us he would end the virus, yet here we are in September with a brand new COVID plan. Not exactly unexpected for many of you, however, notable nonetheless. Broken promises don't seem to matter to the media at times. Uh, and this is a huge one. But what we have here is a new approach, and I want to give you a couple of the highlights here. Give you a couple of the highlights. There's a lot more to this plan, and a lot more we're going to learn over the next couple of days. But here's kind of the two main marquee parts of the plan. Uh, Joe Biden is going to, and I'm going to say this carefully, he's going to attempt to require vaccinations for all federal workers and millions of contractors that do business with the federal government. Building on president's announcement in July to strengthen safety requirements for unvaccinated federal workers. Strengthen safety requirements. Hmm. The president has signed an executive order to take those actions a step further and require all federal executive branch workers to be vaccinated. The president also signed an executive order directing that this standard be extended to employees of contractors that do business with the federal government. As part of this effort, the Department of Defense, the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Indian Health Service and the National Institute of Health will complete implementation of their previously announced vaccination requirements that cover 2.5 million people. So this one is the most expected part of this in that Joe Biden is saying basically everybody that works for me, you got to get vaccinated. Uh, that is something that we kind of knew uh, might come out of this. He's been teasing it for a while. It's going to affect millions of people. And let me just stop here and say this is one of the reasons, and it's only one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons you don't want a government that employs millions of freaking people. That's a bad idea. Having government get to the size in which it affects this many people's lives on a whim by your senile president is not exactly a, a great road to go down when you're running a civilization. It's just not a good idea. But that wasn't the one that's going to get it the most attention. I think this one will. Requiring all employers with 100 plus employees to ensure their workers are vaccinated or tested weekly. So the department, he, let me give, give you the text of this. The Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, this is how they're going to try to do this, is developing a rule 
that will require all employees, uh, employers with 100 or more employees to ensure their workforce is fully vaccinated or require any workers who remain unvaccinated to produce a negative test result on at least a weekly basis before coming to work. OSHA will issue emergency temporary standard uh, uh, ETS to implement this requirement. The requirement will impact over 80 million workers in private sector businesses with 100 employees. So to boil all that down, if you work for a medium sized company or bigger, they are going to require you to either be vaccinated or you're going to have to get a weekly test. This is kind of what's known as a soft mandate. They're not actually mandating you get a vaccine. They're saying you're going to have to take a weekly test. Couple parts of that are important. Number one, OSHA is really powerful. And let me just throw this out there again, as we referenced just a moment ago. Maybe it's not a great idea to have a centralized government with with departments like this that could do all sorts of crap that the uh, the courts routinely approve. OSHA has a lot of power over employers, and I don't think that's a good thing. But I'm telling you, as far as the courts go, they do. They can go a long way down this road before they get their their hands slapped. That's a really bad development. It's something we should change from its core, from its root. It's not a good thing. It should not happen like this. But I'm telling you, the reality of it is they, they've implemented, you know this, if you work at any place that has safety regulations, you know all the crazy nonsense you have to put up with. There's all sorts of idiotic rules that, that manage businesses from the federal level, which is a terrible, terrible thing. Even though we all want safe places to work, it's not a good way of doing it. And I, you know, I think conservatives have been screaming this for a very long time. Um, the, the sort of soft ban part of it is, I, I think this might be how they try to get, get this through. Look, there's going to be, Christy Nome, I know, is one that's already announced a lawsuit as soon as they file this rule. States are all going to file against this. You know, at least every red state will. This will get lots of challenges, and they may very well be able to defeat it. These things do get shot down at times, usually because of weird specific things. Like, for example, 100 employees... They have to have evidence that 100 employees is the right number. They can't just make it up because it's a round number. Um, so if they say, well, why isn't it 99 or 101? They have to have a reason why it's not 99 or 101 to get these things through. They obviously don't have one. This is just a total BS random number that they decided to come up with. And so that is the type of thing that gets these things shot down. The other way they can go about this is essentially to say they are mandating a testing uh, a, a testing mandate. Uh, so basically they'll act as if we are mandating, we're not mandating vaccines. We're mandating tests and we're giving you an exemption if you're vaccinated. So it's kind of the reverse way of looking at that. It may be kind of the road they go down and that might be able to get this through. Now, look, there's a lot more to it than that. It's like if you're saying like, oh, well, we've banned guns. Well, it's got to go through all the, can the, the, the court challenges where it's likely going to get shot down. But even if, it, even if it somehow doesn't get shot down, what have you done? You still have to have people giving up their guns. You still have to have local officials enforcing it. You still have to have, uh, have, to have all sorts of battles about on the parameters and the fringes to get these things through. We already have seen company after company after company step up and say, I'm not doing this. You think your company's going to do it? I don't know where you work. If you, I will say like a place like, let's say, The Blaze is not going to be sitting here. Uh, this is not an official statement for the place, by the way. Uh, they're not going to be sitting here checking everybody's vaccine cards as they walk in the door. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Um, that's not an official statement for the place. I don't know what they're doing. But I can tell you that that's going to be the reaction of a lot of companies. This is a total overreach and should not be where we're going with this. 
again, I, how many times have I said this on the show? Stand by your product. Stand by your product. If it works, people are going to want to get it. In fact, if they're scared of, uh, of, uh, of what's going on with the virus, they're more likely to get it. We've seen now the amount of people getting vaccinated per day double in just the past month. People are going back and they're getting them because they feel like they can't. They, they should or they want to. Some people are getting mandated into it, but that's really recent, only the last week or so. Um, and it, it, I think a lot of this, you know, trauma around vaccines comes back to the way the government and the media are handling them. Look, a lot of people are going to do better with vaccines. Some people are going to say, you know what? I don't want to get them. This is America. That's to be expected. I mean, sometimes you look at this stuff and you, they act as if nobody in America is vaccinated. It's just not true. I mean, think about this for a second. Think of the way they portray these countries. They portray the United States as this like backwards hick. All these southern people, they don't like science, so nobody's vaccinated. Then you have a country like Sweden, who's like, oh, this letter rip. They don't care at all. No mask. They're not closing schools. They're not doing anything. They're just letting it rip. And then you have Israel, who's ultra-vaxxed. I think that's what they called it. Ultra-vaxxed Israel. The crisis is a dire warning to America. This is how the media is presenting Israel. Would you be surprised to hear that Israel and Sweden have vaccinated the exact same amount of people? Would that be surprising at all? Because that's certainly not what we're told uh, when we look at, at, uh, at the, you know, when we hear about vaccines and the percentages. We hear that Sweden's just like, let her rip, we don't care. And Israel is like, full lockdown, everybody gets vaccinated. Here's the chart. Now, this is a few days old. Um, at, at this point, Israel, 68.22% of their population. And Sweden was at 68.03% of their population. I will say Israel is rising faster. Or excuse me, Sweden is rising faster than Israel. So by now, uh, there hasn't been an update in a few days from uh, Sweden because I think they do it weekly. But by the end of this week, they're actually going to be ahead of Israel. Sweden is going to be ahead of Israel in vaccination numbers. Uh, again, we don't hear anything like that from the media, but that's just a fact. The right way to look at Israel is that they were just fast out of the chute. They went from zero to 60 percent. We can show this next slide. Zero to 60 percent basically before anybody in the world. And then basically kind of flatlined at about 60% and haven't really increased all that much since. Sweden had a later rise, but is actually now completely caught up and likely passed uh, Israel as far as vaccination rates. And in fact, tons of countries have passed Israel as far as vaccination rates. Here's a few of them. I mean, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Iceland, Spain, Denmark, Chile, uh, Ireland, Canada, Belgium, France, Norway, Italy, the United Kingdom, Netherlands, all above Israel and Sweden. And what's crazy about all this is you look at all these countries uh, and there's been varying success. Sometimes there's been uh, really prominent vaccine programs. Sometimes there haven't. Most of them, though, have been people who just want to get the vaccine. And, and all of this being said, Israel is at 68%. Sweden's at 68%. Where are we? 61%. Now, is that less than 68%? I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty sure it is. On the other side of that, is that really the catastrophe that we're supposed to be worried about? 7%? We're 7% away from ultra-vaxxed, and we're supposed to be panicking? People are out there and are able to make their own decisions. Sometimes decisions are hard. Sometimes people disagree on them. But here we are in a country that has the vaccine available to anyone who wants to take it for free. They're adults. They can do that. 
Yes, I know that kids under 12 can't get the vaccine yet, but they're also not affected by this virus in any serious way, in any serious number. We can't eliminate all risk from society, but we can be honest with ourselves and realize that we are at a position where we have uh, mitigated the high end risks of, of this virus. Uh, and you can choose to take a vaccine that that is largely effective or you can decide to take whatever whatever they say you're taking today. Is it is it fish paste today? I don't know what they're accusing you on MSNBC of downing from the local feed store this week. But whatever that is, you can choose to do that, too. And you live with the consequences. That's that's America. That's that's the country we're supposed to be living in. But we can't get past that for whatever reason. The government, the media keeps telling you now that they want booster shots. Uh, we have to have booster shots. Here's I understand that people look at this stuff and they say, well, uh, I don't want these mandates. And you know what? I don't want these mandates either. Um, people say, well, uh, we need booster shots. Well, I don't think we need booster shots. I don't see what the evidence of that is right now. This is this is what we have. They've, ju they've just come out with multiple studies on this. The cases for people who are unvaccinated is happening about five times as often. Now, you can say, I don't care. I'm willing to risk that. I'm not in a risk category. That's fine. You should be able to look at that data and make your own decision. Hospitalizations for unvaccinated are about 29 times as high right now. But that is still it's not 29 times nothing. There are some people who are going through that. It's not good, but it does. It is the truth at this point. But I want to give you this because this is not what the government is telling you. And I think there's a reason for it. I think we need to make sure we're watching the other hand here a little bit. Um, let me give you some of this. The CDC reported a terrifying fact in July. Vaccinated people in the Delta variant of the COVID virus were carried roughly the same viral load in their noses and throats as unvaccinated people. This was their justification to make you have wear masks even if you have a vaccine. In recent weeks, however, more data has become available and it suggests that the true picture is less alarming. How small are the chances that of the average vaccinated uh, American contracting COVID? about one in 5,000 per day. In places, in places with fewer cases, the chances are lower, probably less than one in 10,000. One way to think about a one in 10,000 daily chance, it would take more than three months for the combined risk to reach 1%. I will confess that this, again, this is the New York Times saying this. I will confess to one bit of hesitation about walking you through the data on breakthrough infections. It's not clear how much we should be worrying about them. For the vaccinated, COVID resembles the flu and usually a mild one. Society does not grind to a halt over the flu. In Britain, many people have become comfortable with the current COVID risks. The vaccines make serious illness rare in adults, and the risks to young children are so low that Britain may never recommend that most receive the vaccine. Letting the virus continue to dominate life, on the other hand, has large costs. Again, this is not some conservative saying this. This is the freaking New York Times. This is what the science is saying. In Seattle, on an average recent day, about one in every million vaccinated residents had to be admitted to a hospital with COVID symptoms. That risk is so close to zero that the human mind can't easily process it. My best attempt is to say that the COVID risks for most vaccinated people are on the same order of magnitude as risks that people unthinkingly take, uh, accept every day, like riding in a vehicle. I know that sounds really scary. Scientists are scouring the data to try to figure out why they're recommending booster shots and all this stuff. And what they keep saying is we don't see anything. 
Unless you're immunocompromised or perhaps elderly, you don't need a third shot. At least that's not what the data is showing. Vaccines are doing fine there. The Biden administration is not following the science. Instead, it's trying to lead it. FDA officials are stepping down all over the place because of this. Emails are coming out showing that these mask mandates and recommendations in schools were the result of a pressure campaign from the teachers unions. None of this is following the science. And now, instead of just standing behind your product and saying, look, this is here, take it. This is, uh, we think this is the best way out, but you gotta deal with your own life. Instead of treating Americans like adults, they are doing these scare tactics and now they're trying to invade even further into the American people's life and liberty. That's not gonna end well. And if they continue to keep going down this road, we're gonna wind up with a bunch of people who, are, who will not listen to a word that the government or uh, these experts supposedly say. It's time to be honest with the American people. Tell them, tell them that they're adults. Treat them like they're adults, that they own their own lives and can manage their own risks. Once that happens, then we'll get to a place that even if you disagree with someone else, you can handle it. We can live together and live life as if this is a planet and a country that is uh, that, that has some upside to it. Because right now it just feels like constant downside. And I swear that has nothing to do with Taliban Joe Biden. Because right now he is, I, I, he's not doing a very good job. That's where I will uh, potentially leave this one for today. Take a step, treat people like adults, and yeah, follow the freaking science. You know, I've been seeing all these people who are uh, protesting uh, Texas and saying how terrible it is. It's weird because the housing market doesn't seem to be detecting any of that. <laughs> a lot of people want to move to Texas for some crazy reason, even though it's pretty much the handmaid's tale. At least that's what I've read online. If you want to buy a house in Texas or anywhere else, you need a real estate agent who you can trust. That is where you go uh, to get one, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you need a house painted, you need someone who knows who to talk to, you know, replace the stairs, we've got a guy. Roof repair, no sweat. Realestateagentsitrust.com has you covered. Uh, Glenn Beck started this company long, long ago, and uh, he wanted to make sure that you could find a good real estate agent in a pinch. Uh, you can now. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So happy to welcome to the studio Andrew Wilkow, host of Wilkow right here on Blaze TV and the Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM. Andrew, thanks for back. Thank you back for in. having me back. Great to be. I'm great for you to be here. I, I always appreciate you stopping in when you can. Um, I I think everybody who has an internet connection was very familiar with your radio show for the past couple of weeks because you had a clip of your show that went about as viral as anything I've ever seen. Uh, a clip from a mom, a grieving mom of one of the uh, one of the soldiers in Afghanistan who died. I mean, it was. I mean, what goes through your mind when a call like that comes in? All right, you and I have been in this business for a long time. Yeah. I have never taken a call like that before. Yeah. And you also know this, when people call up, you kind of have to give the callers a certain amount of trust. You don't know who they are. When they give you their resume or they tell you a story, you kind of have to hope that what you're getting is not a prank call. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the call started, 
I just thought no way would someone do something that would fake this. Yeah, it, so it I, seemed incredibly emotional yeah. and real right from the beginning. And I just, I, I let her go. And she had said that she was a listener to the program and she just was pacing the floor and called in. We had just played a clip of Jen Psaki and before that, uh, Joe Biden talking about Afghanistan. And I could hear the pain in her voice. I could, I could hear rage and pain and anger and loss. And I don't think I've ever let a call go for eight minutes. But we just let her go for, for about eight minutes. What, what you heard was, was just a clip of it. Mm. And what was really upsetting was, okay, I expected someone on social media to say, we set it up, it was fake. The fact that people started attacking her because uh, she's divorced from, from Riley McCullough, McCullough's fa- McCullum's father, yeah. that's still her son. Yeah, and sure. whatever problems there may be in the family, she's never going to get to see her son again. And to, to attack her. You know, I remember with with President Trump, like there was a gold star family that got yeah, right. If you that. did, but people started to immediately attack this woman, and then we we got some some, I, I guess, feedback from other families who went to Dover. They said that Joe Biden was very aloof and and he, he couldn't be bothered, and you know he seemed to want to be out of there. So it wasn't just this mother who was feeling that. This anger, I think the other families felt this way because he didn't die in combat. You know, I, I think people join the military. They, for the most part, do it eyes wide open. They know there's a risk. It's one thing to die in combat taking the fight to the enemy. He was literally manning a post yeah. during a completely botched withdrawal mm-hmm. from Afghanistan. Something and I think that that's was- why there was, you know, obviously there would always be pain. But I think that's why she felt that rage and that pain towards the president. It's got to be excruciating. I mean, if you think about no more than a week after this happens, we have that picture of the last troop getting on to the, the last soldier getting onto the helicopter with the, you know, the, 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 the green light. And, and like, that was it. That was us leaving in theory. Of course, there's still people there. That's something we need to get into as well. American citizens, American citizens, green card holders, all sorts of people. But like you're a week away from this war, quote unquote, being over and you have to take a call and get a visit from from uh, from the military to tell you your son is no longer around. She I can't said even imagine. that he was in Jordan and he was on his way home and somehow got assigned to go to Afghanistan. And then she said they they knocked on her door around 4:30 a.m. to to let her know. I mean, it, it was raw. It was it was and it was hard. It was hard to listen to her pain. I, I mean, I think any one of us, you know you and Glenn and Pat or any other host who, God, I, I don't want to sound like the craft of, of what we do. I think at that point, you're providing a certain amount of catharsis. Yeah. And I, and I would dare even say therapy. Yeah. She wanted to vent and she wanted someone to listen to her. Mm-hmm. And, she chose our program. It could have been your program. It could have been Mark's program. It could have been anyone's program. She chose our program. And I think we gave her that, that avenue. That's the least we could do is give her an avenue to express her anger of her loss. Then eight minutes of, 
our radio show was what we could give her. Yeah, and and it, it it was not it went from not just your radio program but really everywhere after that and and it was I'm glad people at least got to hear her because that that's the feeling. You know, again, it's an it's a different intensity, right? I don't lose a family member in Afghanistan, but like I think there's a bit of mourning going on for everybody in the country. Every time we hit this September 11th anniversary, I watch these clips. I you can it brings me back to the to that day and you feel you feel it again. I think that I think honestly, this weekend is going to be different after knowing how all this ended up, seeing all this footage again and going through this anniversary again for just an average citizen that didn't do anything uh, in the war effort. I think it's going to really hit people hard. Uh, you know, over the years, I've and we've all done it. Uh, Sean had the freedom concerts. Every one of us has worked with yeah. with veteran charities. Mm-hmm. Um I've worked with Stop Soldier Suicide, Horses for Heroes, ones that really deal with PTSD. And talking to some of these people that run these charities now, they're saying people are reaching out like they feel like I, I gave everything I had and then some. Mm-hmm. You know, physical wounds, mental wounds, being away from family and friends for years on end, missing the birth of children for, for what? And... God help us if our veteran community that served in Afghanistan and also Iraq come to regret serving this nation. Because it's like, you know, China's sitting there waiting in the wings. The Taliban is back in power. It's almost like they're relishing the fact they feel like they defeated America. Mm. They've broken our spirit. They've broken our will. And... God, I, I just I can't imagine what it must be like to be a veteran who gave this country everything to feel it was all for naught. I don't I don't I, I I I can't even begin to think what that would be like. Mm, just absolutely terrible. Um, take me back to 9-11-2001. Where are you? Well, uh. I think you used to listen to the radio. Well, we both worked for yeah. you. You worked at KC 101. Yeah. I was at I was at uh, a station called Radio 104 yeah. WMRQ. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to it a lot. Um, it was my first big market job, mm. right? First first big market job. And um, our morning show was Dee Snyder. Yeah. Lee Singer Twisted Sister. Yeah. And he had a news girl named Beth. And he had this team around him. And my office, or the office that the jocks used, kind of you could see into the studio. And... I remember right in the middle of some wacky morning show bit, the news girl goes, oh my God, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And I, I popped up out of my chair and I went to the window and I thought, oh, that's a pretty awful accident, right? Just yeah, pretty right, terrible yeah, accident. Yeah. Um, and that's what everybody thought until the second plane hit. And I was like, oh my God. Um, not, n- not, being a member of the military or law enforcement, I thought, what could I do? And I remember grabbing the station van and uh, went over to, a, it was like later in the day, like there was still like a couple of hours of chaos. And then I got off the air at 3 p.m. And I said to the program director, I said, I want to take the station van over. They're having a blood drive. Mm. I, and I wasn't going over there. And I, I didn't know, no one knew what they were doing. And I went over there. People were running food. They didn't know if they needed food. Right. It was, it was, it was absolute chaos. chaos. And I, I think I grabbed a couple crates of food and moved it. I, no one knew what they were doing. <laughs> right. right. I was like, you need blood. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, I remember it was crazy in, in, in the downtown. 
they were trying to rush supplies down to New York City. Is this, does this event have, what part does 9-11 play in your transition from, when you're doing morning, you're doing a afternoon music radio Yeah, midday, I was doing midday, and then I, I got the call to fill in for a new guy who just got a Sunday morning show on WABC named Mark Levin. <laughs> so, I've heard of him, yeah. You, you heard of him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I had, at that time, thought talk radio was kind of the penthouse of the skyscraper. Like, sure. I was just happy to be in the building, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, I remember people doing filling in for Mark Levin uh, a couple of times. And then when he went full time, I, I inherited the show and then ultimately ended up in, in Albany. P- talk radio kind of became this place back to Kathy McCullum where people wanted to vent. Yeah, they wanted to vent their anger and their frustration um, at what they thought was, a, you know, kind of an, a, an elite in places like the State Department that were telling us to calm down. Um, we had just been attacked. And I, I think the nation for a solid year, would you say a solid year? I yeah. Mean, mm. A solid year was angry. Yeah. And there was a, it was a, it was a, it was a team anger. You know what I mean? It was like a, we were all on the same team angry at those guys. Yeah. You know, it was a weird, like, cause there was a point there and Glenn named the nine twelve project after this moment in that there was a moment where it felt like we were all kind of on the same team in America. And we saw this threat from the outside and it sort of united us. And that went away pretty quickly. Yeah. But it was a, it was an interesting time. It's the only time I can really I don't think we saw that with like, let's say, COVID. There was not a moment where everyone's like, gosh, you know what? Like, oh, no, let's, we broke out. We broke out into good or bad people. Like, if you're, really you're, you know, like are you wearing a mask. Are yeah, you vaccinated? Yeah, right. what, what, what you know, are you uh, are you are you doing all the rules or not? It, it, it went really fast with that one. Even with, you know, they started attacking the president immediately. That's not what they did with George W. Bush. I mean, he had a legitimate few months there. Where and Giuliani and Giuliani, Giuliani was like a national of the year. national hero. Yeah, I, just it's such a sensitive thing, especially back to the twentieth for people that ran right into a recruiting station and said, "Send me." Mm. You know, I mean, we're we're broadcasters. You know, we we have a pretty cush, comfortable job, um, but there were people that stood straight up. Walked straight in, not knowing where they might be going. You know, I mean, they knew it was in Afghanistan, but, uh, you know, less than two years later, we were in Iraq. Yeah. You know, so we had people that went right in and signed on the dotted line without question and said, send me. I'm here. Send me. That's that's a moment. Yeah. That's like Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Wait. I mean, I always look at those people and I just think those people are way better than me. (laughs) <laughs> like those people are incredible human beings. They are the best we've in our society. And I just feel like I, I have, I can barely honestly get up to take the garbage out at night. How do these people do this? And, and imagine watching on television as you're leaving American citizens behind. Yeah. And the, te- the, the I, I would only have to imagine, I can't cause I never served in the military, but watching the Taliban take our gear are, the, the, wear their uniforms, mm. right? They're literally strutting around in uniforms that our people had to earn the right to wear, right? They had to they had to give it all during recruit training or basic training. They served in combat. And now these savages 
are driving around in their vehicles, flying around in their helicopters, wearing their uniforms to oppress their own people. Mm. You know, our military is an agent of our freedom, not an agent of our oppression. I, I again, I, I do not claim to speak for anyone. I can't imagine what's going on in someone's mind who served over there. Ugh, it's got to be the worst. Um, before I let you go, I want to yes, uh, talk a little bit about the California recall. Right now, we have this situation where Newsom is vulnerable, maybe leading slightly according to polls, but who knows. Larry Elder, though, seems to be the other option. Uh, there's all these, if there's 40 other people in the race, it doesn't seem like any of them are going to challenge Elder if the, uh, the actual um, uh, removal happens. So are you surprised at all? I mean, I, is there any level of surprise when you see an event that happened like it did yesterday with the gorilla mask and the egg and, and still the media ignores? Yeah, that's, that it's, I thought, based on our standards of society, that the N-word Mm-hmm. was a bad you know, idea. Right? We, mm-hmm. we say N-word. We don't even, we don't right? even say it. Yeah. And then any reference to black people and monkeys or apes bad. is mm-hmm. the <laughs> next thing if it's not a tie. Yeah. Uh, and you have this screaming white girl pelting. Le- I mean, he looked like somebody walking into a segregated building. Yeah, he did. You know, in, in the, the late 50s. Um you know what I really, really would thirst for? Like, I would really, I would love to see a series of debates between Gavin Newsom. Because oh. like, he's one of us. This is a guy yeah. who has been in audio verbal combat mm-hmm. for the better part of 25 <laughs> years. Oh, yeah. You know, he comes from Boys in the Hood, right? Mm-hmm. And Gavin Newsom is about is, is <laughs> the epitome of white privilege. Right. I would love to see them debate, you know, school choice mm. and water use and, and all these and yeah. homelessness mm-hmm. and all this. Is, I, I would love to see the Larry Elder that we all know and love be on a stage face to face where Gavin Newsom can't, you know, talk in bumper stickers right. to, to an adoring crowd. I would love to see them go head to head in a debate. Uh, yeah, and we would love to see it. Uh, the person who would not love to see it is Gavin Newsom. <laughs> no. he'd, be, he'd be on the losing end. <laughs> he would. He would. I really hope this happens. I mean, this is a. I mean, this is our biggest state economy. This would be a real change for the United States. It would be yeah, a great a man, change. But this for is a man who's laid out his ideas for the better part of twenty-five yep. years. You know, to to call him the black face of white supremacy. Incredible. Is is as nauseating. As you, you know, here's a man that we are supporting because he's got great ideas mm-hmm. and all of the things that they say you're not allowed to say about other people. They've just thrown that out the window and they're saying it. I yeah. mean, they're just laying into it as hard as they can, because what happens if Lee Zeldin wins in New York? And what happens if Larry Elders, the governor of, of California, the two pivotal states for the Democrat Party, the two biggest, most populated states would be run or at least have Republican governors. I mean, that is a morale, that will destroy the morale of the Democrat Party. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, Andrew Wilkow, uh, be sure to catch him uh, right here on Blaze TV on Wilkow as well as well as uh, Twitter, the, at Wilkow Majority, uh, Sirius XM as well is where that clip was from. Don't miss his show uh, every day. Andrew, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Tonight, the return of the National Football League. (laughs) And I know you might say, well, I'm going to be boycotting that. Eh, Good for you. I'm just uh, not going to take that enjoyment out of my life. I got to be honest with you. And you know what? Colin Kaepernick hasn't been in the league for a long freaking time. 
Uh, okay. Yes, occasionally they do. They run a PSA in the commercial that I don't pay attention to that says, you should not be as racist as you are, or whatever they're saying. I don't know. All I do know is that Colin Kaepernick is not in the league, and that's a good thing. Why? Because he knelt, uh, took a knee, on, a knee on the field? No, because he was a terrible quarterback. And I think they've adapted one of the things, one of the most popular things I've ever said on this show into a T-shirt and a mug. And it's available now for the first time tonight. You can be first in line. What it says is, always remember, Colin Kaepernick, or excuse me, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. And that is something that not enough people know. You must know it. Always remember, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. It's the most important thing I've ever said on this program. And now you can get it uh, at studosmerch.com. It's a brand new shirt. You, uh, just make sure you go, go get it. I will say, you will be very popular at specific parties. Some parties you might get murdered with that shirt on, but it's certain parties, like certain tailgate parties, you're going to be very popular with your Colin Kaepernick lost his job to Blaine Gabbard t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> Before we go on, uh, let's show, we mentioned this video uh, from a couple of minutes ago uh, with Andrew Wilkow of Larry Elder getting an egg thrown at him. And it's more than that. Let's, let's, let's watch it real quick. He's walking down the street, uh, lots of protection around him. You see a person behind him with pink hair and a gorilla mask who then throws the egg and misses from point-blank range like an idiot, and then gets a screaming match with a security person. Here comes a really bad punch. Oh, that almost hurt. Would probably not. And then she screams and screams and screams. Then this guy comes up. He starts calling uh, the security for Larry Elder boy, and then someone else smashes an egg on the security person. They finally continue to walk on. Needless to say, if, let's just say, a black Democrat was walking down the street and he was surrounded by white people in gorilla masks throwing eggs at him and yelling, boy, it would be a lot bigger of a story. A story that would dominate the news for m weeks, maybe months, honestly. However, it's disappeared from I mean, I want to say it's disappeared, but it never showed up on any of the major news sources. The only one, I mean, TMZ wrote it. Uh, TMZ, they wrote it up. It's about it. TMZ. That's where we have to go to get your political news in California. The recall is next week. If you missed last night's show and you cared all about California, go find that show and make sure you share it any way you can with someone who might be voting in California goes through a story that almost nobody knows about how Gavin Newsom botched the COVID uh, crisis. It's something that you should know, that anyone in California certainly should know, because there's only a few more days left until California has a chance to get rid of this guy. I really do hope it happens, but it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be close. So any little bit helps. Uh, check out my YouTube page, uh, Stu Does America. If you just search for Stu on YouTube, uh, you'll see it pop up there. Back in a second. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I listen to, you know, a decent amount of music, especially when I travel or I want to just drown out uh, the family. 
Um, and you want to make sure you have headphones that are super comfortable. If you're gonna, especially if you're going to be listening to a podcast, such as the one you happen to be listening to right now, you want to make sure that those, uh, those headphones, the little ear, earbuds kind of stick in your ear and they don't like dangle down or fall out uh, or get easily lost. Or I will say there are some that are just really hard to connect to your phone. So the Bluetooth keeps dropping and all that. I have Raycons. I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Raycons fit flush to your ear. They don't dangle down below. They fit flush, so like you could put your head on a pillow with one of your Raycons in and have no problem at all. Uh, and they're like half the price of other premium audio brands. Uh, they sound just as good, and they come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So if you don't believe me, like you should, you can just get them, and then if you don't like them in 44 days, return them. Uh, it's a big deal um, because we use, we use headphones a lot now for all sorts of different things. You're going to love Raycon. Right now, uh, listeners to this particular podcast can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash stew. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash stew. Save 15% off of Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash stew. Check it out. I was just uh, checking my phone in the break and I got an alert that I should check out the new collaboration between Elton John and Lil Nas X. And I thought to myself, I mean, I'm, how can I, can I click more than once to open up this app? And I thought, is this app Spotify? Or they have, did, have they done a song together? No, it was Uber Eats. So Uber Eats is, uh, I don't know the end of the story because I didn't click. I know, it's a shocker. Um, let me give you a, I don't know the end of the story either, but it's in the middle of uh, processing now. The Justice Department has sued Texas over the new state abortion law. They're saying that uh, they are going they, the law should be declared invalid to enjoy its enfor- enforcement and protect the rights that Texas has violated. Look, I, you know, if you've heard me talk about this law, it's not my favorite law. I mean, it's I, I like the result of the law. I want I mean, I, as I've said, I'm, I'm a uh, nonviolent pro-life extremist. I really I. I just think babies should be born. That's a weird view I have. I, it was a long time ago I came up with it, and I thought maybe babies should like be allowed to live. So it's a weird position, and I understand. I granted, it's a strange position, uh, but this, you know, we talked about the way this law operates, and it's it's a strange way they've operated. It's it's an interesting legal idea, uh, but it was not kept in because I, I don't think it's going to last in the courts. I guess is the way I want to say that. Uh, overall, eventually, I think this one probably gets overturned, but no one's been sued yet. So I think that's the big problem. They're going to fight this uh, down the line in the courts. We'll give you updates as they come, as well as the Mississippi case, which is the bigger one going to the Supreme Court here very soon. Back in a second. Okay, so here's what happened. You got the police. You got a gunman. They're in a standoff. And all of a sudden, driving directly in between them, a golf cart with a naked woman on it. Where else could it happen? Obviously, Florida. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this is the county Jeffy lived in when we lived in Florida. Is that a surprise at all? At all? The answer to that, of course, would be no. You should never interfere with police business, but I am willing to bet there's at least a 50% chance the naked woman in the golf cart could have brought the shooter down from the roof. Did they even try? No. They're just so used to people driving naked because they used to have Jeffy living there that they didn't know how else to react to it. Before we go, studosmerch.com is the place to go to get the new NFL shirt you are going to want to have for every tailgate party. Always remember, Colin Kaepernick, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, 
He lost his job to Blaine Gabbard. It's available now at studiosmerch.com. See you tomorrow. Go Bucks.